Manila, Luzon, the Philippines, February 16th, 1945. In the contest for Manila, many bitter battles took place throughout the city. One such contest occurred throughout the medical complex at the University of the Philippines. In large, well-fortified buildings, the Japanese defenders fought desperately to stem the American tide. After several days of fighting around the medical school, the science building, and the nurses' dormitory, the American 148th Infantry Regiment had made little headway. On the 16th, the 148th 2nd Battalion once again prepared to cross Taft Street and take the university in Mayhem in Manila. everybody we've got um bob holmstrom here tonight and bob miller to play some squad leaders some very excellent players i'm hoping to learn a lot from watching them play i'll be doing the neutral commentary well actually once one guy starts to win i'll start to root for them because i like to be on the side of the winner and if it switches the other way i'll switch sides but uh we're going to have bob holmstrom start by talking about his setup so get out your boards uh you can only do this if you have the streets of fire boards so sorry about that but it is a very popular scenario called Mayhem in Manila, scenario number A103. So that came from an annual, and I'll be turning it over to Bob Holmstrom playing the Japanese. Hi, everybody. This is Bob Holmstrom. I'm going to be the defender in Mayhem in Manila. Um, Dave, first thing you probably noticed is, despite there being four boards, all my troops are, in fact, only set up on one board. Yeah, he's using board A on the bottom right-hand side. Why? Um, well, it, it's a short turn. There's only four, uh, four and a half turns, so the Americans are going to have five turns. Um, the Japanese are pretty tough on the defense because they don't break. So I'd rather not lose guys up front that wouldn't be able to get back to the victory area. Might get surrounded. That might get surrounded, okay. and he may be. And the Americans have a bit of mobility with two tanks, so they could possibly get guys behind me and into the victory buildings, and then I'd have to fight my way in, or they'd get an automatic win. So I think I'm just going to play kind of conservative here, put everybody back in the two victory buildings and around it in board A. Um, I've got the, uh, the two guns, which look like the centerpieces of the uh, Japanese defense. They're on the roof. Which are AA guns? They are AA guns. Uh, I have one on C2 and one on C3, both on the roof. Now, I'm gonna, they'll start off board hip, but as soon as the Americans will be able to get a line of sight to those roofs, I'll have to put them on board. Right, because the rooftop's not concealment mm -hmm. terrain. Right. That's right. But I, they will start off board, so when he, when he sets up to come in, I'm sure he'll, Bob's a good player. He'll probably know exactly where they are. They're going to be around the victory buildings, but um, that's where they're going to be. The Japanese also get 10% uh, hip whenever they play, so it's something to remember to take advantage of. It's not in the special rules. Um, in this case, that means I get one squad, and I've got one squad with an LMG and my 9-1 leader, and they're going in B4 on the first floor. Which is that, uh, there's a, listeners, there's, he's defending two stone buildings in the bottom right side of this board, or group of four boards, uh, and those are the ones the American has to get... Guess to get into one or the other. With more, twice as many good order squads right. than the Japanese. Right. And it would be an immediate win as soon as he does that, right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, this is kind of a trap here. 
below that, on the ground floor, I have three dummy counters. And, and, B and B4. And B4 on the ground level. So then above it, I have my hip unit. And then in C5, which is the other hex of the building, I also have three dummy counters. So uh, that's kind of a trap I hope to spring at some point and find some good targets uh, that he's not expecting. All right, and then back here in building C2. In the, yeah, that's the forward victory building. Mm -hmm. um, I've got um, a, a mortar and a half squad on D, the roof on D3, so he can smoke in any kill stacks that might set up, any American kill stacks. Americans get some big machine guns and good leaders. Uh, so that's there. I have a half squad and a demo charge also on the roof in D2, and I'm not quite sure why I put them there. I was but, just going to ask but you. I, well, I, you could be throwing <laughs> that DC down, right? I, I would, but yeah, there's only one good target hex, D1. I don't know. It looked good at the time. Um, oh, I like it. Well, C2 would be better, but you got your gun up yeah, there, right? Yeah, I do have my gun up there. Um, in second level of C3, I have my heavy machine gun with uh, the Japanese 10-1 leader. Uh, he's got a boresighted hex. He's, uh, where did I boresight him? He boresighted into board D hex K3. So, which would be this wooden building back here. So hopefully that's not something Bob will be expecting and he'll move somebody in there and I can uh, get the minus two for the boresight. Plus right. the minus one for the leader. Be a good shot. Um, so that's uh, in the ground level of uh, D3. I have a full squad and a demo charge, and that hex is also fortified. Okay, so that's a fortified building hex on the ground level. You get two fortified I get, locations? I get two total. That's my one was in that building. Moving back towards the back of my defense in F3, I have a full squad and an LMG. It's kind of covering the flank in case the Americans come around uh, that way. Uh, in F2 on the second level, I have my, a crew in the medium machine gun, and that can cover uh, a pr actually pretty good good range here. Oh, I can see um, over can all see these over little first-story buildings. You can see over to here. Um, Even this one? Mm-hmm. You can see over into there. You can see back over into here. So it's got a pretty good line of sight from back there, and it's kind of protected. Um, and then in G3 on the second level, I have a full squad and a demo charge. Um, below that, in the ground level, that hex is fortified as well. So his plan is, if he gets any shots over top of these buildings, he'll take them. Uh, and then he can always go down to the ground level to the fortified hex with the demo charge. Okay, and a, okay. an opponent can't enter a fortified hex as if long as there's a good... Full squad. Full squad, yep. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I learned that in the tournament, trying to take mm -hmm. this final house. Mm -hmm. Guys like... Oh, no, you got a half squad. I can come right in there. Right. I was like, you, you're kidding me. I didn't know that. <laughs> you were robbed. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I, I was real close to winning that, too. Yeah. Okay, so that's basically my defense is, is that the J, the Japanese are, are tough to root out of buildings. I'm going to look for all, any minus two shots, moving in open, any boresighted shots. And uh, I have one hip trap. Hopefully I can spring down somebody. And, That'll be fun to see. We'll see, we'll see what we see. And I'm anxious to see what this uh, DC guy in D2 does. He can, he can <laughs> run to the other side of the house and throw it off the <laughs> he roof. He certainly could. So, um, <laughs> and, of course, now these are Japanese, but it doesn't look like we're thinking about any kind of a bonsai charge. No. Because we're just defending here. You're defending defend in stone buildings, I think uh, that's probably yeah, a good way to go. Yeah, won't be here. But we'll see some of the other qualities of the Japanese. Sure. And one of the possibilities is, a, of course, a DC hero. 
Um, and that's one of the things I was thinking about oh, this right. guy on the, on the roof. He can move downstairs. Any Americans move adjacent, I can create a DC hero, and they can go into those building hexes. Wouldn't that be just against a out. tank? That's against nope. infantry yeah, also. Absolutely. DC hero, okay. Yeah, more effective against infantry. Okay. So, okay. And you got tank hunter heroes, I too. I have tank hunter heroes as well, yeah. Okay, so we might see some of those, depending mm -hmm. where Bob Miller moves his <laughs> Americans. So right. at this point, do you want to add anything else before we call Bob down? Um, and switch? I, you know, there is one thing, and I think I, I, I will add something to my setup here before we call Bob, and that is you, you can... can put a couple extra squads on. He won't I notice could. That, well, I thought about doing that, but this is 1945, and that does mean the Japanese can hip tank hunter heroes on board. On board, that's correct. Okay. So I am going to take advantage of that and throw, if I can find some here in your Plano here... Where do you keep the tank hunter here? I'll dig it out while you look for a spot to put them. Okay. How many? Um, I have five, six, seven squad equivalents. I believe I'm going to get two. I'm going to hit one for sure. There we go. And he's going to go in C2. And then my second one will go in C3, both on the ground level. C2 and C3. All right. Now, shall we switch? Now we can switch. All right, here comes Bob Miller. Hello, Bob Miller. I'm playing the Attacking Americans in Mayhem in Manila. I'm not a big PTO player. I um, play the Americans a lot. Obviously, Purple Heart Draw, I'm doing that campaign game with, with Scott right now. But uh, as for Japanese, I'm always a bit suspicious as to what I don't know about them. Um, there's no hip that I can see on the uh, scenario card, but do they get free hit with some of their regular yes, squads? Yes, I think they get 10%. 10%. So I played Bob a few times, not a lot, so I don't know how sneaky he is. Very sneaky. But um, obviously the goal is to uh, cause casualties, and because I'm looking at the first thing to do when attacking or defending, read the victory conditions. I've seen many smart players who forgot to do that. I did that a handful of times myself. So I don't have to kill Japanese. I don't have to take over buildings. I don't have to do a lot of things. I just have to have twice as many good order squad equivalents in these two back left buildings. So Philip Breu, a um, good French player, taught me what you have to do and what you should do to win a scenario and do what the scenario allows to, to win. Don't try to force something else and be fancy to win in a different way. So just have to be in the buildings with more troops than what he has. Don't have to necessarily kill anything. So that's in the back of my mind. I'm just going to... I always try to uh, move a lot the first one or two turns. Prevent, then I don't have to move a lot toward the end of the scenario. But that being the case, if there's a hip gun, a hip squad, that can just pound me in the uh, open. With like uh, with those two right there, and these are and these are nice babies. Twelve IFT factors. The AA guns. Yeah. There was a scenario one night to the west that was a heat of battle scenario that I remember just killing my opponent because I put my AA gun not where he expected it, so I let some troops pass me by, and then as we moved the stack with like a leader and three squads, right. I gave him a twenty-four minus two kept rate, and those all those guys died. Eventually, that one crew and gun went away, but I caused major havoc. Yeah. So he can do that to me here. So I'm still going to try to move on the board quickly, may not stack, do a flanking maneuver. Maybe it might be easier to attack, go straight down the board, straight ahead on D and B, I think it is. Yeah, he's looking C at and D, B. C and B. And then attack that way. Maybe one tank here to hit the guy on the roof, pound people over there. Some force come up there. I do always believe in uh, making a defender 
head pivoting, swivel. Um, especially if you're playing tanks. Um, a tank can't shoot two directions at once. So, obviously, it doesn't have tanks there, but guns. I do believe in making that defender swivel around, and uh, I'll try to do it here. Never played this scenario before. Seen it played at the Open, because obviously it's always on the Open list every year, but um, never really sat down and figured out what it takes to do well on it or not. So, now good- it's going to be... Good thing for you, there's no PTO in effect at all, actually, except... What does a palm tree do? Same orchard thing as orchard? palm trees. Same yes, thing? I believe yeah. it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so we won't have to mess with any jungle rules or anything mm-hmm. like that. Which is nice. Love the deluxe boards, because I think they're better with uh, wall advantage rules than regular ASL. The regular ASL drops the ball on uh, uh, wall advantage, even the, re- the re- redone. So I like, I like playing uh, the big boards. They're fun. And to me, they're more accurate. I'm just going to... Come on, move hard, die, find a zip, guys. <laughs> and then uh, the good thing about a podcast or a recording of your playing, yeah, when you get played back, you get to really see how much whining that you do. <laughs> um, I'm a big whiner, not the worst, but I am definitely a whiner, so I do know I have to clean it up for this. Otherwise, I'll learn how bad I actually am. <laughs> and no swearing. Yes, I did. Sw- I'd swear a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> well, we'll watch that. Or I'll, With, I won't yeah. have to edit it all out. Six, seven, eight-year-olds flag football. I coaching Park Ridge, and I realize that I do swear quite a bit when the kids start pointing it <laughs> out to me. All right, you all right, you yeah. Um, let's go. Okay, we are going to play through a turn or two, and then we'll get right back to you and let you know what happened. All right, it's the end of turn one, and I, we thought we'd pause because Bob Miller has moved. And he's in totally different spots here, so we thought we'd let you know what they are. What do you got going on? We got on? one platoon trying to do a flank maneuver on my right. So that's three squads? Two and a half squads and a leader. Okay. One and the and leader does have a flamethrower with him, though. All right, they're in N3 now, and they're O3 yeah, on like A3, O3, and then the building N3. So yeah, they'll be shooting up. I'm going to gamble and just use the road. Hopefully he doesn't have nobody hit up out there. If he does, I'm dead. But I'm not going to move as a stack. And then... See if I can actually get him from behind. Force right. Him to, uh, I thought you'd put more over there because you said you were doing yeah, this. I should have done small more, I lost my... I only have that a lot. I only have okay. ten. But I should have put maybe one more. And then up the middle, I did get caught out in the open a little bit in hex M4. And what board is this again? Um, the, uh, it's the same side as A, so that's going to be what? D. Board... No. Yeah, board D. The palm tree... I thought there would be a canopy effect with the roads, with the, uh, the palm trees or orchards, and there's not... Directly, you know, from a higher advantage. And so Bob fired his but AA gun in C2. 12 minus 2, but just managed to pin the guy. Didn't, yeah, didn't get anything. So I didn't, didn't take any casualties there. So uh, And then over in L1 on And I got my D. party boy. I got the 10-2 coming in here with uh, the heavy 50 cal that I forgot to reassemble. I'm not going to, but I think I'm just, he has a, I am going to go on level 2 over here and see if I can engage his level 2 guys, guys on the roof, and then do a little covering fire and then uh, push infantry forward. I don't want a lot of guys... Staying behind shooting, but at least a half squad with the 50 cal makes sense. And how many squads are in this L1 building on board? Should D? just be uh, three squads as well, two and a half squads. Okay. And then and then he's got N4 and M5 on board D. And there's a squad and a half here with another medium machine gun I forgot to assemble. And then a 7-0 with a flamethrower, 6-6-6, two squads and a leader. So there's a total of three and a half squads leader and another squad out in the road. And okay. I got my Sherman saying, you know, basically screw you to the, the Japanese. You know, he's right there in the the A3 slash O3 road hacks, just taking the DA shots. I don't care because I don't think he could force me to take a uh, a uh, liberal mobile or a, not a 
After you're immobilized, every time you get hit, you have to take a morale check. But only Dash if check. I think they kill you on a five. Yeah, something And like he that can't. Level. So he could immobilize me all I want. He's in position to, you know, shoot some Japanese. So let him waste his shots all day on that thing. All right. That's probably good enough of an update. We're going to um, continue in a moment. But first, I'm going to do some neutral comments. Oh, and really quick. We had uh, Scott Holst called, like right in the <laughs> middle of my, my movement. And Holst, he's one of the more famous Chicago area players. Let's face it. Goldman, Bendis, you know, and then Holst, you know. And uh, Dave never met him before, but I let Dave answer the phone, and he answered it with, uh, like, you know, podcast. Hi, this is whatever. Dave of the two half squads. So <laughs> hopefully he so. took it well. Well, now they're both gone, and I'll do a neutral commentary, which is basically to say, I can't say anything. I can't add anything to this. These guys are amazing. They're playing with no charts. They looked at the chart once, once during that whole first turn. They did searching. They did deliberate immobilization shots. All of it without the charts. I mean, I am just awestruck. Um Bob Miller's made a great initial move, staying out of line of sight, keeping his concealment, CXing everybody, you know, he's just pushing it. That's excellent play. And Bob Holmstrom's not losing his cool. He's got a good defense set up. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens here in turns two and three. Back to the game. All right. Bob Holmstrom, how'd that go for you? I have better turds. <laughs> you prepped almost everything. Everything. <laughs> and got out of it nothing. One pin and a half One pin. Or something. Pin. Yeah. So incredibly bad. Incredibly yeah, bad, bad prep fire for you. <clears throat> but now I would ask, um, why didn't you send a tank hunter hero out at that vehicle when it's not supported by infantry? Uh well, he's that's I wanted to break the squad here in prep. And then I could send out both of them. Uh, oh, so hopefully the first one, but he's he can throw a lot of fire. Yeah, so you were gonna, you were thinking of it, but uh, I, I need to break him. I need to break maybe him. last turn, maybe. And that squad, him was an A four on board A, and it's a full squad with the bazooka that uh, Bob advanced in, and he took two oh, 12 up one shots, a six flat shot, a four up one shot, a six up one shot, and a mortar to hit in in the woods and. Ended up pinning. All, that? all at his yeah. A4 on board A yeah. so in that little woods, folks, by that wooden <laughs> building. Yeah. Now, you, your trap here, though, can you talk about that? Yeah, that worked That worked out well. I mean, he moved a full squad. Oh, we're at, we're at uh, B4, first yeah. level. He moved a full squad into B5. I shot, reduced him to half squad, broke him. Um, I wanted to move him back over into C5 this turn. But I couldn't break that squad in, in A4, and I probably should have just moved him anyway and, and not focused on that squad in A4. But to get a little frustrated when you take eight shots at a guy and, <laughs> you and all of them finish. should break him and none of them do. And you want to finish him and didn't help me. And then Bob shot back with a flamethrower, rolled a three, and, and reduced and broke the, uh, the elite squad that I had hip up there and killed the leader. So... It was not a good turn for me. Yeah, and 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 um, Bob Miller does have an American half squad, half squad in C five, second right. part of that little wooden building on the left flank. Otherwise, really, your defense is holding, of course, fine. It's only turn two, going into three. Yeah. So into my three. Bob's gonna have two more movement phases, so I'm I'm not in terrible shape. 
you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Certainly would have been nice to, to have taken out a Sherman in A3 where I've had, what, six DI shots at, leading sevens. At, at and, least. And at least six, and uh, I can't deliberately immobilize that. So, but, you know, them's the breaks. And do you wish you had set up a few guys up forward no. at all? No, no. you like yourself. No, I, th- I think it would have been over. The only, I, I might put a hip guy over on board. Uh, what is that? That uh, is D. D over over there in that M2 stone building. I might do that. If you looked um, at it again. If yeah, I looked I, at it again, but no, I still wouldn't do a forward setup. There's too much tight terrain there. The Americans can run the flamethrowers right next to you and blast away. Yeah. So. Um. All right, um, and I think that's all I guess we need to say for that, so I think we'll get other Bob down here for a second. All right, um, you know, Bob had some really bad two-hit rolls and IFT rolls and everything, but, you know, I put that guy out there, he's a target, he's a sponge. That's A4? It's just, a, yeah, A4. I mean, he should have broke, he should have died, but part of me, who cares? He wanted to draw shots to make sure that I'm able to gas that guy, and I did. Up on B4. Yeah, I got actually, on my far left flank, I got two full squads, one bazooka, one with a demo. On, now yeah. he's at, he's at uh, A1, A1 on yeah. board A. Basically, um, I didn't really have a, a sound tactical plan going in. I really didn't really know what to expect. VCs, I got to have more squads in the victory conditions than him. In the two ha- In buildings. the two buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a way to do that is I have to shoot and kill him from the outside first, reduce him, and then step in. Um, I really can't see like dashing into the building is going to do anything and just get me killed. Six morale Americans can't do it. I just got to set up fire bases, kill, kill, kill. Got to use a 10 2, which I haven't used yet, finally. He's in position in M2. M2 on board first D. First floor. First on board. floor. So he can't see there. Cross. He can see there. Oh, he, uh, C2 so, and yeah, C3. He can see in the, the level 2. So he could. In the building. He, can finally he has to take actually. So I can get 8 minus 1s on his, on his crews. And the crews count as um, squad equivalents, I'm assuming, for victory conditions, right? One crew is half a squad. Yep. So if I kill them and then, you know, go from there. I mean, I have to start really shooting more than anything. And I'll get these guys. Hopefully he has anybody back. Just, you know, it's a two cover, but uh, this is a fire base. Use that as a fire base. Use that as a fire oh, you base. Can't, you can't say this and that because the audience oh, sorry. can't hear The B4 and C5 on wooden a. building on A. As a fire base, and... And then, over here, use those two as a fire base, B0, A1. Yep, on board A. Might be able to maybe keep one guy concealed for and, a sneak. And the flanking force is now... Fire base shooting over here. Over in the building. The big building. E1, E1 on board B, so building, that's yeah. where he is right now. Okay, um, one... Oh, I had a question for you. Oh, why is your... Is your leader carrying your flamethrower? Yeah. Why? Seven around, why not? He fires it at full, he, right? He, yeah, he's elite, so he can fire at full, yeah. I guess I just never, ever thought of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, why not? Because uh, he's not that giving way, up uh, 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 to hit modifier. They're like minus one, minus two leader. Right, and if he breaks, it's better than having a squad yeah. break with him. You just can't CX with those guys, because if you CX, then they have zero ports points. Okay, right. So he just didn't CX. Okay, sounds great. We'll continue with turn three. Hopefully I stay as lucky in a die rolls. When Bob goes bad, he goes out and gets a smoke, I notice. He's done that before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's pretty I'm sure he is out Time for a smoke. <laughs> All right, end of three here. We got an American half squad and G5 on board A. Uh, E5 on board A has an American squad bazooka. Another squad. Yep. Go ahead, Bob. Elite guy with a flamethrower 
and ha who's a half squad, and then an eight one leader. And then C five, you got a half squad with a bazooka and level one, and then a half squad with a DC ground. And back in D five, motion priest that has no idea what he's doing yet. <laughs> yeah, he pulled it up from the back there. Yeah, and then on a B four, I have a bit of a fire group. I have uh, two and a half squads, one with the medium and one with the bazooka and a nine one leader. My gas, in his turn, he finally immobilized my tank. In A3. idiot missed his uh, uh, morale check and he ran out of it, so so much for that. And an A1. Two squads on my left flank. One with the six six sixes, one with the bazooka, one with the DC. A1 now he's being opposed by this full squad. A1. And his, yeah. yeah, an A1 and B0. I think for Bob, mostly he's pulled up into the front hexes, C2, C3. Mm -hmm. D3, F3, and G3. G3, and he, unfortunately, what happened to your mortar here, Bomb? Uh, well, that broke, yeah. yeah. Bomb with my light machine gun. He lost, oh, he lost two okay. crews, two half squads or two crews, whatever they were, just because they prepped and they died. And he was doing a brilliant job of trying to take out that priest, not forgetting to use white phosphorus. He remembered that. He remembered to use his machine guns to try and take out low armor. I never knew white phosphorus on that colored six, and it's a lot more deadly than I thought it was. Yeah, it makes that a crit and much yeah. more deadly. So, all right, that's the dispositions. Oh, and he's um, Bob Miller still has an M2. His leader is heavy. Bad position. Can't shoot anybody now. And two brokens in N4. A broken leader with a flamethrower and a broken squad with a medium machine gun. That's where the other mysterious guys disappeared to. All right, so we're going to go ahead and do round four. Turn four. Turn four. Turn four. Mm hmm. Uh, all right, it's the end of, um, what, the American, turn four. And Bob's got a, what's... Well, I've got a G3 in the back victory building. I got a crew in MMG. And in mysterious F3, I have, a, concealed I have guy. a concealed unit. Yeah, good enough. <clears throat> the forward victory building, D3, got a uh, striped first-line squad with a DC. And he's in D3. Striped means it's red side. Uh, in C2... On the ground level, I've got my 10-1 leader, 447 LMG. On the roof above them, I have a crew getting ready to reman the AA gun up there. In C3, I have a half squad with a demo charge and a crew. Ground level. Oh, both on the ground And level. up on the roof is the gun unpossessed. Yeah, no one's up there. And Bob Miller still got the G5 half squad. E5. Flamethrower. Got a squad and a half. Um, with an 8-1 leader, and it's half squad, a paratrooper has the uh, flamethrower. Kicked out a full squad with a bazooka into the road hex D4. Similarly, I stuck out another paratrooper half squad with a bazooka into C4. And then in the B4 wooden building, um, I have, I believe, two squads. One with bazooka, one with a uh, medium, and then I have my broken flamethrower leader and a broken paratrooper with a DC. Tank is abandoned in A3. Kicked out a... I switched my uh, weapons around. I kicked out a uh, paratrooper half squad into B1 road. And then I have a fire stack in A1 with the 10-2 leader with three squads and uh, a medium and a 50 cal and a bazooka. So purpose is, uh, Bob knows it, putting those guys in the uh, road adjacent to him. Either he has to... If he fires at him, then he has to stay where he's at and I shoot back. Yeah. And uh, now that's the strategy behind that. Yeah, that's why I thought we'd stop and show the listeners that because um, my prep fire yeah, was. You can't just skulk now, right? Because you're sitting out there, partly in the street, and partly you in the cover. Still, but 
uh, makes it more of a tough, tougher decision. All right, I guess we're going to roll. Oh, and one thing I learned just now was that, Bob Miller, you can switch your support weapons freely amongst good order units at the beginning of the... Advanced phase of turn the same hex. Same location. Advanced phase, at the beginning of the advanced phase, which I had never known. So, all right, we'll get back to you at the probably the game end. All right, after action report, uh, Bob Miller just won on the last turn. Reaction, guys? Slappy on the rule, and we forgot some stuff, which kind of ruined it to forgot some degree. Forgot what? Bob forgot a fortified location where he had a squad in, the striper in, a full squad, striped full squad with a DC. And that's going to be in yeah. D3. He was fortified. Right. So as Bob Miller came in a D4 and C4, he was well, going to Well, not even that. I, I entered into the building on C3, you know, CX to the unit, placed a DC from within the building onto him. Onto D3. And he forgot to call it at the time. Why, wait, no, you mean you, you so can't place I came, it? or When I placed it, yes. He should have uh, bumped me. He can't place it? You can only place the DC on 4 or 5 building to breach it, so he couldn't place it to, to go off. But I had to say something. I should have said it's a fortified building, and you have to place it to, for breach, and I didn't. Okay. Because I did, I mean, I swung a couple of guys around to that right side. I may not have done that knowing that if it's Right there, side being hexes, we have to be the, real specific. Sorry. C3. Correct. I, I swung guys over toward where that um, D3 D location was, figuring I could enter the building from there. From D4 and C4. Correct. And uh, for knowing it was fortified, I probably would not have, and I probably would have yeah, risked was a the. Uh, yeah. Because so, uh, the last. The, yeah, essentially the last turn. You know, I didn't kill enough guys shooting at him. I hoped I had a really bad prep fire. I put a fire group in my 10-2 and a, the 50 cal and a medium, and he didn't do anything. And then my flamethrower did break a guy. And uh, so I just had a swarm advance, assault move, move adjacent. He laid a bunch of uh, residuals down, but not enough, so I was able to get some guys in. Yeah. Yeah, the key, that the demo charge in C4, he squad and a half, I placed it, and it uh, dudded. Yeah, that that's, was, that's that the case. was a squad yeah. and a half You're right. uh, in the open ground with yeah, Bob, for the dud, I lose. Bob threw a DC from D3 to C4 and dudded it and couldn't break those two Americans. And then they there, yeah. he got half squatted by the DC placed by Bob Miller, um, which allowed him to enter right. the fortified hex. shouldn't have which, been able to place it there anyway. But which was <laughs> a very interesting. It's a little sloppy in, in there, but... Uh, you know, I overran with the, with the with the priests onto a squad oh. to get out in the road. Yeah, I was going to say... I thought what? he would lay a fire lane with it. Well, Bob moved from D... Th what is this? G3? D5. Oh, yeah, G3 yeah. to G4. You don't have to clean up, guys. I'll do it. Um, we want to get a good after-action yeah. conversation here. G3 to G4... With a medium machine gun, so it gave him the fire lane down the road. Down the road, yeah. And then Bob moved his priest from D6 on over to overrun him. Um, and Bob, you tried everything he could, right, to prevent that. He rolled a bad roll on his tank hunter hero guy with the DC. And he didn't, like, pop out. So I froze him so he couldn't lay the fire lane, which did help me move guys into the road for that final advance into the building. So, overrunning with an open top tank that had an AA mount. It's kind of fun. Never done that before. Yeah. So. Um, it, it felt kind of weird because, yeah, I got lucky with the 12 on the DC and forgetting about the fortified location. Where was the other fortified location? Back there? Okay. D3 or G3? G3 yeah, yeah. The back building. Yeah. And, Bob, why'd you put those there? Do you anticipate him moving on a flanking move? Yeah, through, through the side. And coming across, mm -hmm. which, which he did. But he also had a frontal assault too, coming across the 
the B2, B3 yeah, I thought the guns would be more than enough over here. They didn't do much. <laughs> no, they yeah. didn't give me much. They rolled poorly, but yeah. rooftop's only plus one. I wouldn't put them there. But where else do you put them, though? That's the thing. Yeah, do you have a suggestion? There's, maybe. One of them in that orchard over there. Oh, yeah, that's concealment terrain? You, you concealment terrain, but you can't you can't get the plus two emplacement. Nope. Unless you stick it, like... Pave road. Here, here, here. And the paved road killed you. Well, here, here, he's talking A4 on board A. Sorry, A4, A5. maybe D5. D5, when he moves adjacent to it, you whack him, but somebody probably would have seen him earlier, so you have to put it on board so the surprise element's gone. And, Bob, you didn't spring a tank hunter hero any earlier? Or were you forgetting that, or just felt like Well, killed? I had the two here. He had his one Sherman well, in A3. He had a hidden one in C3 and a hidden one in mm -hmm. C2. Right. I tried to, as we talked earlier, I tried to break that squad in A4. It was really his only covering squad. He had some unit, a unit before. Yeah. Well, I couldn't break him. And once that opportunity was gone, you just didn't think it was worthwhile just no, to try just it and him get killed anyway. Yeah. Um, Bob Miller nice prepping with those bazookas in the street. What was that, C4? Yeah, seven is a hit, and they both missed. On that last turn. <laughs> yeah, they did. But that's why, yeah, I, I, I did that for that reason. And I like the way, in, a, in his rally phase, he transferred both big machine guns to one squad to lay in a prep fire, freeing up another squad but, to move. Well, the tens, that didn't happen. Which was very, very nice. But uh, it's, I can see this being a good, you know, short-round scenario or whatnot. It took us a while to play it just because... Every little thing counts at the very end, so yeah, it did. We did slow down playing. I mean, I try to play faster, so well, we did take plenty of breaks to and we need to, to talk about yeah. strategy and things. So. Yeah. I like this. It was good. Was yeah, it's a good little, good, good little scenario. How much? How often does it get played at the open? I wonder. I mean, that's the reason why I heard of this. You know, Dave Goldman has it on every year at the open, so. Yeah, I don't know. If I ever get yeah. talked into playing a PTO scenario, I could say I played this before and I can maybe yeah. play it at the open. Although it didn't have bonsai charges and PTO terrain and a lot of those other Bob was tame. He was nice to me. He didn't do all the <laughs> Japanese stuff. Although that hidden take <laughs> I, I tried to do a DC hero, but couldn't get that broke that mortar. Otherwise, he would have seen a DC hero come out on oh, to, right. uh, to his stack in E5 where he had the flamethrower. Bottom line, the good guys won. Simple as that. Yeah. They did. Good game, Bob. No, I guess so. <laughs> By that you mean the Americans, not Correct. you. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, then, um, anything else about the game, guys? My attack was poor. Um, good luck by the defender, and he would have won. <laughs> How was that poor? <laughs> I don't think it was that it poor. It was. It's, I relied too much on shooting and movement, but... Bob, let me ask you, would you ever, if you, you were defending, would you put your guys up on the old hex rope? Oh, yeah, good, good question. I'll ask Bob that. One night to the west, a heat of battle scenario. I don't know if you ever played that one. And uh, the defending Germans get an AA gun with like 20 firepower factors or 12 or something big. I forget what it is. And you would think that it's going to be in the back and, you know, final defense. I put it up front and I caught a whole platoon of infantry. Right, but would you in this scenario? I mean, that's a different scenario. I have two of them. I have two mm -hmm. guns here. Mm -hmm. sure. I would definitely put one somewhere to try to catch some squads in the open. To get like a but 12 the, minus 2 sure. or 24 Considering minus Considering how short of a board it is for anyone to get here, the, the Americans don't need to move in no. stacks by any means. True, they can, and they correct. have plenty of half squads with DCs. I mean, do you, do you think, you know, there's not a lot of places you can hip the guns. Yeah. Uh, the rooftops are your best bets. 
Um, I think yeah. with the victory conditions, it, it, there are any time. So if the Americans can get around, I know. I mean, you could have just made that mm-hmm. mad dash. C two is critical for this mm-hmm. defense because if you're not in C two, the Americans could just walk to that back building. Right. I, I really, I'm a big fan of upfront defenses. I use them all the time because I think you, you can concentrate your forces. The defender just really mm-hmm. hit the attacker, and you can end the game early. Japanese don't have a lot. They only have five full squads right. and four and four crews. I don't, so I don't it's think not you have lot. enough. Yeah, because it wasn't because a lot you're of you're talking the Americans are going to be in high terrain, TEM terrain, and outnumbering you by a lot yeah, of squads. And sometimes I do that forward with not enough guys. I put a few out there, and then they just get surrounded and stuff. And sure. it's I'm like, like, what am I going to learn? The Matt Book philosophy, everything doing something always. He When he does a defense, he's incredible. Um, he'll do a defend and layer and, you know, defense in depth. And it seems like everybody's doing something for that guy. And it took me, I was like 0-12 versus him, if not worse, 0-20 versus him before I finally won. But he kind of taught me that. It's even if you do a speed bump defense, get him back. So then he could do something later on with all your defense. You pull him back after yeah. they get to Just string out a shot. defense where you fight here just a little bit, those guys get them all, and then the next, and then, you know, the attacker goes on to the next bunch. You're asking to lose. But if you could figure out a way to either surprise with a really lethal shot or do some type of defense in depth, that's the way to go. But I was really, I was surprised that Bob didn't pull at least one surprise on me. No, I didn't. Well, the hidden guy up in the yeah, B4. B4 up in the top, yeah, that worked pretty well. Yeah, killed the half yeah. squad. But I think, yeah, Bob pulled it back and did a hunker down in these buildings, which um, was real close to working. Yeah. was real close to winning. <laughs> yeah. um, I think if you had better luck with the uh, the guns or the 12 on the DC didn't come off, you would have won. So and in that prep phase lucky. when he got nothing, even breaking like three or four squads then, at least sets him back a turn, right? <laughs> a rally and come back yeah, up. I just, Japanese and high TM train where they got to come to you. They don't break. They just strike. So you can kind of, you know, you can hold out. That was my plan. It didn't work out, but Bob did <laughs> play a good game. So. Yeah. So, uh, I enjoyed this. So anything right. would you guys do differently at all again? Uh, have you played this before, Bob? I have not. I've yeah. never even yeah. seen yeah. it. Hey, part of me would think that if you're playing a, a guy that played this before and kind of had all the line of sights and all the little tricks down, mm-hmm. an experienced player on this, not ASL, but an experienced player with this scenario, probably would have an advantage over a, somebody doing it for the first time. Because of these uh, low-level buildings and upper levels, and they yeah, they, he would have shots. At he would have seen moving. basically an experienced player would have one or two tricks done to him before, and he'll know then how to you know mm-hmm. pass those tricks along. All right. Well, before we end up, um, Bob Holmstrom, we've done an interview with you on our first show, so let's ask Bob Miller well, your background in gaming. Started playing like D and D stuff in sixth grade, and so sitting in your basement here is incredible. It takes me back 30 years with the D&D books, all the miniatures, those models of the... Uh, uh, old Aurora yeah, famous monsters kits. Forgotten Man type of thing. So this is like, coming back here is like memory lane. He, obviously, you do a lot of gaming. But then, you know, role-playing games, D&D, when we were younger. Then we played some of the Kingmakers and Risk and stuff. Not a lot. Played ASL with just my brother until year 2000. We started with Squad Leader... Cross of Iron, Crescendo of Doom, just moved into ASL. And the two of you played all the way We just played maybe three games a year. My brother then really, Matt, got bored playing that because I beat him more often than that, finally. So I had to look for other opponents, so I went to Winter War, and I met Book and Holt. In 2000? 2000 or 2001. Wow. Yeah, it's been that long. 2001, I think. I met, you know, Drain, Pyrez, Book, Holst, 
other guys from Chicago and started playing with them a lot, Joel Salabunsky, and then uh, just networked from there. And uh, that's how, so I've been playing ASL, not just my brother, for seven years. And, and uh, obviously I lost a lot early, but picked things up. Yeah, because you're very good. Both excellent. Pl- I'm, I'm tired. Just I'm exhausted watching, <laughs> you know, and, and how you don't miss a trick, really. Except, yeah, Bob for getting that fortified. But yeah, that was a big one. The too. first scenario yeah. I played at Winter so War, I played Doug trick. Kirk. And we actually used our equipment that we brought with us, and we actually had all our pieces in baggies. So only like a half step above the Bendis method. Yeah. And Kirk, you know, <laughs> awesome player, great gentleman, too. Just kind of went with it and pulled the counters from the... Uh, the baggies when we played guards counterattack. That was my first winter war scenario that I played. And know, uh, often, often we ask the guests, do you have a favorite scenario that you or anything Russian you'd front? Russian front, storm five five five, George Killen. It's ten. That's a great scenario. Ten T thirty four, like what? M forty threes versus uh, Panzer four. Like you know, with the seventy five Ls, and it's a chess match. Whatnot. It's funner than heck. And who published that one? The Canadian guy, George Cullen. Okay. He does a lot of big. Russian front stuff. Is that the Canuck guy? Herp, yeah, Herbst Wind is another one, Storm 555. Um, scenario that I never played that I would like to is that um, evacuating the factory scenario. I think it's George Killen as well. I don't know if you heard about it. Random trucks have to leave the factories and the Germans have to kill them or something. Oh, no, sounds good. So, But, but yeah, I like anything anything with the Russian front. I, right. I, uh, I don't do much PTO at all just because, eh, you know, I'm not a big PTO fan. But uh, this wasn't bad. I just hate shooting things, and they don't die. They flip over and stripe. You know, it's oh, like, but that's on. part of the fun of it. You that's part of the game. It, you know, once they get to those half squads, they're, they're whittled down there, and there's not much left to the Japanese, as we kind of saw tonight. Bob ended up with, what, three squads in that building? Uh, two. Two. So less than two half, 50%, squads in building, yeah. all whittled so down. So I guess I did shoot him more than you I did. thought I did. You spent four turns. Five well, I basically, life. I killed his crews that were up on top of the roof, and his mortar guy. Yeah. If that mortar guy wasn't on the roof, you know. Yeah. Maybe that would have made a difference. And Bob, do you have any new scenarios you've been playing this last since we talked to you last no. on our show? Uh, you know, I've uh, haven't been playing a lot. This is uh, yeah, just haven't been getting a lot of ASL. On. With so, all the flooding and raining going on, it's been working a lot in December. A lot of work. So I, I'd it's like sweet. to play nowadays more or less on non-geo boards. Although, and I really got away from the geo boards. Play a lot of HASL stuff. Damovic, we did the Krita. Holst, we'll do the Purple Heart draw. Play scenarios on a Hell's Bridgehead map, Critical Hit, which is, you know, that's you know, really fun to do. The lot of Elder Guards with Bob this summer and Pelham and Brian Willis, we did the campaign game. Um, but just the other last month or so, I played uh, Brian Wills a little bit, you know, Geomorph scenarios, and they're fun again, you know. I was, like, I was geoboarded out. Yeah. And so I had to go on a hassle maps and stuff, and uh, kind of freshens it up a bit, you know. Yeah. All right, so, well, thanks again, guys, for coming out. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. Great job. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Wow, that was amazing. My guests just left, and I just have to say again how fantastic they are at playing squad leader. Quite a pleasure watching them, and we'll say goodbye again, so roll low, and may the dice be with you, but not when you're playing me. Bye-bye, everybody. This has been a production of the Two Half Squads and is solely owned by its hosts. Portions of the program may be used in a non-commercial endeavor as long as credit is given to the two half squads.